Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. Maybe a familiar passage of Scripture, but don't let that stop you from receiving from it. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1 says, We have to pay extra close attention to the things we've already heard, lest at any time we let them slip. And if you look in the margin of your Bible, it says, Leak out like water out of leaky vessels. And, um, you know, so if what's a leaky vessel, that means you have a, a cup or a mug or a container that would hold water that leaks. And uh, if you've ever had something like that for any length of time, you, you know, you can wonder, like, how in the world did all this water get here? Well, that's because it just kept leaking and leaking and leaking. And um, eventually, uh, it'll run dry. And so you and I need to train ourselves when we think that we've already heard something or we know in our head I've already heard that, you just position yourself, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, go in even deeper. I'm going to receive more from this. How, how do you position yourself to receive anything? It's by faith. So you put your faith on it. You make a decision. The Word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing in two soul and spirit, joints and marrow, as a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And so when I recognize what I'm doing when I read the Word, is, it's a, this is God speaking to me. Amen. Amen. Uh, Paul commended the believers because he said... Uh, you have treated this word that has been preached to you as if God himself were speaking to you. It'll change your life. It'll change your life. So Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believes and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Notice, with the heart man believes, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, unless the Lord uh, redirects me, uh, what I have instruction to do in the month of September is we're going to talk about our confession. And the words of our mouth. I, I like uh, Kenyon said, Confession is the road over which faith carries its mighty cargo. Confession is the road over which faith carries its mighty cargo. In other words, what you declare, where you take a stand with your mouth, makes all the difference in the world. I will not do that. I refuse to do that. Well, you know, like, um, I've had to, I've been... Um, Oh, I was going to have a bad confession right there talking about confession. I have had the honor and the privilege and the opportunity to sow into Mark Hankins Ministries with the new building that they're doing. So in doing that, I've, I've, I've been flying a little bit. You know, they, you know, fly me down and stuff. And so commercial. And so uh, one time I sat in the exit row a couple weeks ago and then other times I was close enough to the exit row I can hear. And every time the steward or stewardess comes and says, now I need a verbal response. Are you willing and capable to help in case of an emergency? And then, man, it seems like every time there's somebody who's like... <laughs> and 
they will just stand there and say, I need a verbal response. And they're like, sometimes they'll still do it again. They're like, I need to hear you. So just shaking your head is not good enough. And just shaking your head concerning what God has said about you is not good enough. In fact, Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says, does not say, if you will shake your head that you believe Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised from the dead, you will be saved. It literally says, if you will confess with your mouth, if you will take a stand with your mouth, you know, sometimes I take a stand in my house and I say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. So life and death are in the power of the tongue and they that love it will eat the fruit of it. So your, your words matter. And I have before tried to change my words without changing my thinking and it really doesn't work for very long. Because your confession is actually where you're taking a stand and putting a stake in the ground, so to speak. It's not just words you're saying. It's actually to say the same thing as what God says. And that's a very powerful thing. So God says Jesus is Lord, so I say Jesus is Lord. But I don't just say it, I actually declare it. Um... A uh, young man, middle-aged man, uh, was just born again a month, month and a half ago um, here at the, uh, the church. And I talked to him over a few years, you know, about receiving Jesus as Lord. Well, he wasn't ready. And uh, he said, no. And then I talked to him maybe two months before he received the Lord Jesus as his Lord. And he said, well, I'm almost ready. I thought, well, this is kind of funny to me. I'm almost ready. But I really appreciate his honesty because what he did is before he confessed Jesus as Lord, he got his heart settled. He said, I know exactly what I'm doing. And then, you know, when I, I prayed with him, he said, uh, next week I'm going to do it. And I said, well, why wait till next week? You know, you're not guaranteed next week. Let's just do it now. And he thought for a second and said, okay. And so then he confessed Jesus as Lord. I mean, you could say I confess Jesus as Lord and go straight to hell. Say the words, right? Because you must believe not in your head. Verse 10, it is with the heart man believes. And he's not talking about your physical organ. My physical organ doesn't believe anything. It is the center of my being. With the heart, man believes. With the mouth, confession is made unto that belief, right? Unto salvation because of that belief. And so your words will separate you. Your words will, will put you in the right direction. So uh, don't miss September, but that, it, it flows right into what we're talking about. So praise the Lord. So if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead you will be saved. Mark eleven twenty two 22 says, have faith in God or lay hold of the faithfulness of God. Have the God kind of faith. 
And then Jesus said, whoever says to this mountain, verse 23, be removed and cast into the sea and doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes the things that he says come to pass, he'll have whatever he what? Says. You know, the first word say and the third word say, he says say three times in the King James and New King James Version. But the first and third word is the word for speaking a command. So whoever commands this mountain, he'll have whatever he has commanded or whatever he commands. The, the middle word say is uh, the word Lego. Any of your kids like Legos? My kids like Legos. Well, Lego is a set systematic discourse. So you just keep on saying the same thing. Like your, your system of speaking is the same thing. So whoever gives a command based on their faith in God and keeps saying the same thing, he'll have whatever he has commanded that he believes he'll have. And so it's a matter of your belief. Therefore, I say to you, whatever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, verse 24, and you will what? Have them. Whoever says to this mountain, whoever commands this mountain, be removed, be thrown into the sea, and doesn't doubt in his what? Heart. But does what? Believes. What do you have to believe? I can't hear you. You believe what? Those things that he says or commands through his words will come to pass. So I command through my words, Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is Lord. Well, I'm not commanding him to become my Lord. I'm commanding myself to come in line with his lordship. Do you understand? Well, I confess. I'm saying the same thing. Jesus is Lord. And I say that not from my head only. I say that from my heart. And when you say it from your heart, you declare it from your heart, you take a stand from your heart, you've made a decision in your heart, and you take a stand based on that decision, like this young man did. Yes? I'm receiving Jesus as my Lord today. The Bible says you will be saved. Whoever. That's anybody, anywhere, and it includes that anytime. Whoever will say. So your faith will never rise above the level of your declaration or of your confession. Your faith will not rise above the level of it. So if you've ever been, um, <laughs> I figure out how to sanitize things as I speak. If you've ever been with a group of people, friends, coworkers, family, extended family, if you've ever been with a group of people, you know that there are certain atmospheres that happen. I know there's certain parts of the country that I go and I have friends in many different parts because of being in the military and ministry. It was so amazing because when I was in the military, I pretty much worked shift work and nights and weekends all the time. And uh, I remember thinking, I'd be glad to get out of the military so I don't have to work weekends. <laughs> and I knew even at that point I was called into ministry. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> it's a privilege. So um, that's just a funny side thing. And so you get in different atmospheres, different parts of the country, and there's, there's kind of like um, cultural speak and cultural talk. And I know I'm thinking of some part of the country where the talk is always like, 
Um, you been to the doctor lately? What's going on? You know, my, my parents are going to the hospital. They have this. You know, you know I heard so-and-so was sick. And, I, and it's just uh, sickness, disease, aches, and pains, and that is the main cultural speak. And, and in fact, like, that's the greeting. It becomes the greeting. Like, how are you feeling? Well, you know, or you can be around somebody that's really um, being attacked by the enemy. Maybe they made mistakes. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they're just having a difficult time, especially if they're not feeling well. And uh, the, their voice or their flesh finds a voice through their mouth very easily. You know, one of my uh, examples I go to a lot is uh, when you work, say, in a large office environment and somebody doesn't like the boss or the leader. And you may be just fine. Like you're coming in, you're like, this is a great day. I'm so excited. I'm so thrilled. And then, you know, somebody in the cube across the way or in the lunchroom or wherever you're at, you know, they're just like disgruntled and discouraged and like, man, it's the worst place to work. And, you know, I think I'm going to quit. I'm going to leave. And like, you know, they're treating me horrible and they don't pay any attention to me. Well, if you're not paying attention and you get one or two people like that, one, it's not so hard to overcome, but sometimes you get two or three and they start feeding off of one another. All of a sudden, you walked in that day, you're expecting a great day, a wonderful day, and you went to, you know, get coffee or tea or something like that in the morning and you go back to your cubicle and you're kind of like, man, I don't know if this is a, maybe I should look for another job. I remember one time that happened to me and I thought, man, I don't know what's wrong with my boss. And all of a sudden I got a hold of myself and I thought, wait a minute, I have a great boss. <laughs> they gave me like, you know, 30% raise in a period of six months, two 15 percenters. And the, the, the company rules were, you know, you can only have 15% every 12 months. And I'm kind of like, why am I thinking this? Well, because it's like this, this negative uh, atmosphere, this negative believing. And uh, if you don't really pay attention, it will start to affect you. And so uh, the words of your mouth will really start to direct your life. And you can choose to direct your life the way that God has planned for your life by finding in, in the word and declaring that with your mouth over your life. And see to it that you believe it where? In your heart. So it's with the heart man believes, with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation in any arena of your life, in any area of your life. Uh, faith is not of the soul. What's your soul? It's your mind, your will, and your emotions. That's not where faith is at. Faith is of the what? heart. So Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three that you believe in your heart. And also uh, Paul, uh, Holy Spirit through Paul in Romans, that you believe in your heart. You, uh, Jesus said, believe those things that you say come to pass. You'll have whatever you say. Paul said, you believe in your heart. Jesus is Lord. God raised him from the dead. Confess him as your Lord, you will be saved. 
And so it's really a matter of what your heart believes. So, you know, don't let your mouth get connected to your feelings. Don't let your mouth get connected to your emotions. Don't let your mouth get connected to your reason. Unless your mind has been changed by the Word of God, you're going to connect to something outside of God. So we connect our mouth to our spirits or our hearts where we believe. With the heart, man believes. Verse 9, you believe with your heart. Verse 10 of Romans chapter 10, uh, with the heart, man believes. So where do you believe? With your heart. You can have doubt in your head and faith or belief in your heart. You have doubt in your head and faith or belief in your heart. With the heart, man believes. So it's the confession of your mouth from what's in your heart that makes the change. All right, let's go back to uh, Mark. I believe it's Mark chapter 9, verse 22. Say, I have faith in God. I have the faith of God. I'm grabbing hold of God's faithfulness. Well, Jesus said, have faith in God, and that answer uh, can answer a thousand situations. What do I do now? Have faith in God. What's going to happen? I'm going to have faith in God. I'm going to lay hold of God's faithfulness. Yeah, but, but you messed up, but you, you, know, you, you made a big mistake. Well, that's why I'm laying hold of God's faithfulness. That's why I'm trusting God. So Mark chapter 9, verse 23, we're going to focus in on. Uh, let's start with verse, uh, we're going to start 19 probably, 17. Read New King James Version. Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought my son who has a mute spirit, and whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes with his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered and said, O faithless generation, how long will I be with you? How long will I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to Jesus, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell to the ground, wallowed, and foamed at the mouth. Well, just because... You go to Jesus or somebody representing Jesus. Don't expect everything immediately to just work out perfect. I mean, are you Jesus? Well, you're a part of the body of Christ, but you're not the Christ. You are part of the body of Christ. And so uh, this father brought his child to Jesus and that spirit in the child's reaction was to make the situation look a whole lot worse. 
Well, sometimes that's right where the devil gets you. I guess this whole authority of Jesus thing doesn't work. He don't have anything. Or maybe this person uh, doesn't know how to pray or, you know, I prayed myself. I guess the Lord doesn't care. Well, it was actually the reaction of the Spirit in fear of Christ. <laughs> but it looked worse uh, if you just looked outwardly and you didn't look inwardly. So you got, we train ourselves how to listen with the ears of our spirit. Well, we train ourselves how to speak with the voice of our spirit. We, we train ourselves how to think the thoughts of the spirit. That we think God's thoughts after him. So Jesus said, bring him to me. They brought him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him. He fell to the ground, wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So Jesus asked the man's father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and in the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. If you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And I love what Jesus said. He said, if you can believe. So the man said, if you can do anything, if you have the power to do anything, we talked about this a little bit last week, if you have the power to do anything, if you have the ability to do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus didn't say, okay. Jesus said, if you can believe. He said, if you can, if you have the ability to do anything, the man said, and Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. So the man was asking for something that to the man was not possible, was impossible. And he had experienced uh, uh, faith disappointment when he brought the child to the disciples. Yeah, that's good too. And Jesus said, uh, this kind only comes out with prayer and fasting. And so he said to Jesus, the father said to Jesus, if you can do anything, have compassion on us. Save him. Jesus immediately said, if you can believe. What's he dealing with? He's dealing with that man's belief, his believer. Where is his believer? His heart. Not his head, his heart. If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. What is the Spirit of the Lord saying to you today? If you can believe, Kathy, all things are possible to him that believes. If you can believe, KJ, all things are possible to him that believes. If you can believe, Jaime, all things are possible to him that believes. If you can believe, if you can do anything, have mercy, have compassion on us, help us. If you can do anything, have compassion, help us. Well, Jesus didn't say, 
Oh, of course I can do something. I'm Jesus. I'm Christ. I'm the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, you know how the power that resides within me and is upon me is going to show up in this situation and deliver your child. The avenue to that, the pathway to that, the pipeline for that is going to come right through the middle of your belief. If I can't get you to believe, it doesn't matter how much power I have. It doesn't matter how much power Jesus has if he can't get you to believe. I mean, Mark chapter 6, verse 5, he couldn't in his own hometown do many mighty works because his power was on a vacation because he didn't like the smell of the town. No, it's his own hometown. If, if you want to, like, really show the goodness of God and the anointing that's on you from the Lord, wouldn't you want to show it in your own hometown? He said, because of their unbelief, because of their unbelief. So the unbelief of the people in Jesus' hometown so limited his power that he could only uh, lay hands on a few people with minor ailments, one translation says. We are saved by faith through grace. It's the gift of God. I think it's Ephesians 2.8, right? By grace you have been saved through faith. It's a gift of God, lest anybody should boast. Well, faith still moves the hand of God today. So Jesus is instructing this man who has had a faith disappointment, what to believe. And the power of believing. If you can believe, Jesus said, all things are possible to him that believes. All things are possible to him that believes. That means somebody can be sitting right next to you right now this morning and if they're not going to believe, they may receive nothing. And you can receive everything you desire from the Lord. And that is not sad news or bad news. That is good news. God has, what does King James say, concluded all under faith that he might have grace upon all. In other words, uh, he's talking about, oh, it's actually over in Galatians, I think. He said, uh, Galatians chapter 3. And so he said, like, it doesn't matter Jew or Gentile. God preached the gospel to Abraham that all through the gospel might be saved. That all might receive the Spirit Through how? Through faith. Have faith in God. Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Immediately, the father cried out. Uh, 
hopefully you're not as ignorant as I am sometimes, but um, I think it was just like a year ago. I studied cried out in the scriptures, especially like in the Psalms. It talks a lot about crying out, crying out, crying out. And I, I've, for, I mean, years and years and decades and decades, I would have the picture of that, of like a poor me cry. Like, Lord, if you can do anything, help me. Can you help? No, when you see cry out in the scriptures, I haven't found a case yet where they cried out and it wasn't this way. So if you find one, tell me, because then I'm going to put that as an exception to this. But um, every scripture that I have looked at where they talked about cried out, it's like taking a stand with your mouth. Like Peter said, Lord, save me. He wasn't crying like in disbelief or in resignation. It's a, a positive, strong cry out. So Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. And the man immediately, immediately he says, oh, what did he say? He cried out with tears. Sometimes in the midst of your tears, you're crying out. Amen. Have you ever done that? I certainly have done that. I have praised the Lord with tears running down my cheeks. Uh, I've done it with tears of joy, but I've done it with other kind of tears because of the pressure, the situation, everything coming. I'm like, Paul, wherefore, sirs, I believe God, it's going to be the way he said it. An angel of the Lord has stood by me this night, and he has given me all the lives of every person on the ship. Wherefore, sirs, I believe God. And so uh, he cried out with tears, said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. I believe, help my unbelief. So he's saying, Jesus, do you have power? If you have power, can you do something? And Jesus just totally redirects him, totally changes his thought. He's like, if you could believe. He's looking for Jesus to do something, and Jesus is saying, I'm looking for you to do something. Jesus, do something about this situation. And Jesus said, it's actually in your hands. And thank God Jesus didn't say, if you'll pray long enough, if you'll work hard enough, if you'll quote enough scriptures. No, he said, if you can believe. If you can believe, if you can act in faith, all things are possible to him that believes. Well, that man must have heard, like we said last week, that man must have heard that Jesus had compassion on the uh, demoniac from Gadara in chapter 5. Because it says that, you know, he came and then Jesus said to him when he wanted to travel with him, he said, go and say what good things the Lord has done for you, that the Lord has had compassion on you. And so I don't think it's a coincidence that this child's father says, if you can do anything, have compassion on my son. And Jesus says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes.
Well, let's end with Galatians chapter 3. If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Galatians chapter 3. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you would not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth as crucified among you? If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. What are you believing? Why are you believing what you're believing? One of the biggest reasons we believe what we believe is because of repetition. Because it's been repeated and repeated and repeated. Well, why do you believe what you believe? Well, if it's a medical condition and you believe that you were healed by the stripes of Jesus, then thank God for medical doctors and the input uh, and experience and research and funding that has uh, gone into uh, finding a cure and making a change. But you know, if you have a condition that they have researched and researched, and it is an incurable to condition, and on top of that, it's a terminal condition, but even if it's just incurable, what do you believe about it? Well, you're, if you want to know what you believe, just check what you're doing, what you're saying and what you're doing, and you'll find out what you believe real quick. So, you know, you could believe and receive divine healing without going to a doctor, according to your faith be done to you. But if you find like you're, you're going to the doctor, you're trusting the doctors, but you could trust that the Lord could help the doctors and work through the doctors, then that's where you're believing. So, trust the Lord to work through the doctors. But the input that you get through the doctor's reports, I made a funny face because I was thinking through Googling it or doing an internet search using Bing or Google or whatever your favorite search is. Um, you know, if you're not also searching on healing from heaven or healing from the Lord, you're building a case, you're building repetition of what all of the natural, hopefully you're looking to experts on the searches, what all the natural experts are saying. So the reason that you believe what you believe and you're doing what you believe, uh, you're doing what you're doing, you're doing what you're doing because of what you believe and the reason that you believe it is because of what you have had repeated to you, repeated to you, repeated to you. You know, I had, um, I didn't grow up understanding that, um, Part of the work of Christ on the cross was to set us free from the power of sickness and disease. And so I knew and I believed that the Lord could do miracles. I just didn't know if he would do them. I knew the Lord could heal. I just didn't know if he would heal. So I didn't, I didn't question his ability to do it. I questioned, I guess, his willingness to do it, which sounds ignorant now, but that's where I was. I didn't know if he was willing, like, you know, 
and the willingness of the Lord is not just, oh yeah, I would do that. It is like a compassion to accomplish and to show up in that arena of your life and the will of God is healing. So I didn't understand that the will of God for me uh, was healing. And um, through the repetition of viruses hitting my body year after year, even when I, st- I saw it in the scriptures in my head, I, I saw by whose stripes you were healed, but I really had it m- mostly here in my mind and not so much here in my heart. In my heart, what I had was like, that's right, that's the truth, that's the, you know, that's the reality that you were healed by the stripes of Jesus. But because of the repetition that I had come to my mind from my feelings and experiences year after year, it took me a, a, a little longer feeding on the word to change my mind. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so for me, what happened is as my mind began to change, then the symptoms began to uh, be less intense and less severe. I used to like every um, winter season, maybe around November, I used to get such a bad sore throat that I couldn't swallow for like a week, like every year. But you know what happened? I received his words in my heart, which transformed my mind. And so I don't know when's the last time that's happened to me, like decades. Decades ago. But I can remember, I can, I, probably the last time I can remember was uh, about 22 years ago. Praise the Lord. But it wasn't just that. Like other symptoms begin to lessen and lessen and then frequency begin to lessen and lessen. So what I'm trying to say to you is based on what we believe in our heart and take a stand, you will be saved. And so then I started to have times where I would believe in my heart what the Word said. I would take a stand on that. Every symptom left. Within five minutes, every symptom gone. Right? Well, that happened. I was pretty thrilled about it. Well, then that happened again. And maybe like three times. And then all of a sudden I was like exhausted and started to get conscious of flesh and the repetition I'd had over the years, my past history, my experiences, and something came on me, what happened? Well, then I just kind of laid down and let it dominate me. So Jesus, this man said to Jesus, if you can do anything, save me. And Jesus says to the man, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. So Why are you believing what you're believing? What has caused you to have this belief? Well, maybe, maybe, you know, if we put it in those terms, you kind of think like um, Christianese or something like that. So what is the vision that God has put in your heart for your life? When you pray, when you get in the word, what do you see as the future for your life? And do you see that happening now? Like, not just as a vision of the future, but do you believe that's coming to pass? What are you doing and what are you saying? You you locate yourself by what you say. 
So take an inventory, a weekly inventory of what am I saying? What am I declaring? With the heart, man believes. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. It matters what you believe and it matters what you say. And life and death are in the power of the tongue. And this, this child's deliverance was in the power of the tongue of his father. Well, you know the man had some type of belief because he came to Jesus. Right? That was the first step of his belief, even after a faith disappointment. So first, he must have heard Jesus had compassion. And they're like, well, I don't know where Jesus is, but these guys, these disciples, they've been with him. Maybe they'll do something. Well, then, uh, that didn't work out for him. So then he came to Jesus. And Jesus just directed him in his faith. He said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. If you can believe. And he's saying the same thing to us here this morning. Stand with me if you would. If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. I think he would say, if you would believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Because we are all believing something. It's just a matter of are we believing God? with every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you've not received Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, I'm going to give you that opportunity. If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord or the Lordship of Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be changed. You will be taken out of darkness, the kingdom of darkness, and put into light, the kingdom of light. God has an awesome plan for your life. Don't believe the lie of the devil. Uh, don't believe that your life is just supposed to be mediocre. You're supposed to be have sore cheeks at night because you're so thrilled with all that God is doing in your life, how he's using you, how he's helping you, how he's enabling you to help others. God loves you. The devil's a deceiver and a liar, and he'll try to paint a picture through reason, through your unrenewed mind, through circumstances, he'll try to steal from you. But Jesus has come that you would have life and not just any kind of life, life that's overflowing, that you'll be so thrilled every day of your life. Come on, it's part of the curse to dread tomorrow. It's part of the curse to dread the night. And we're under the blessing when we receive Jesus as Lord. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you'd like to receive Jesus, make him the Lord of your life, only you can do that. Slip up your hand with me. I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. God's going to hear your prayer. Jesus is going to come and be Lord of your life, and you'll be forever changed. Just slip up your hand real high so I can see it. Hallelujah. See that hand? Praise the Lord. Let's all pray this prayer together. Say, oh God, I believe Jesus Christ is your son. And that he died on the cross to take away my sins. To make me right with you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for loving me. Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Lord. I'm not living for myself anymore. You are my Lord. I'm living for you. 
In Jesus' name, amen.